on this episode, we'll be discussing the moral dilemmas in edgy clean fiction. Welcome to the Monster Ivy League. everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Christiana Sperlia, and I'm here with my co-hosts. I'm Allison Wells. And I'm Sarah Jo Cassidy-Clough. So for our general podcast overview, does the end justify the means? Does showing mercy mean bad guys get off scot-free? And how does our faith as authors help our characters navigate their moral dilemmas? All of this and more are coming up. But first, who are your favorite moral compasses in fiction? The Jiminy Crickets or that character you can always rely on to make the hard choices and choose correctly. If you could get their input, what sorts of decisions would you ask them to help you make? I can go first and I'm taking a total cop out here because I'm going to say Rose Schuyler. I literally wrote my moral compass. <laughs> I hey, love it works. Yes, it does. Um, I love how Rose, and I would say Rose and Mark, they're basically the same person in my mind. Um, but they always just seem to know how to make the right choices. They have like the most perfect hearts ever. And it really, really helps them be able to navigate some pretty um, confusing issues. Uh, so as far as their input, um, I just need help with my attitude most of the time and like dealing with people. <laughs> so I would love their, their input on, I tend to be more like my character Stephanie in certain areas where I'm just kind of a little more grumpy. Um, so I would want their input on how to have a good attitude about things and how to really reach people and look past their um, maybe bad moral decisions and be able to see the good inside of them or the redeemable qualities. So how about you two? Okay, um, so I've been thinking about this, and uh, of course, you say Jiminy Cricket, and I'm like, of course, Jiminy Cricket. I have, but I'm trying not that would be a cop out answer. But I really thought about. <laughs> I tend to like those characters who give you the truth in a very straightforward, sassy way. Mm-hmm. The one that came to me the most was Minnie Jackson from The Help. Um, if you've yes. seen the movie or read the book, she's the one that makes the pie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so maybe not the best moral compass, but just I, I, for me, the moral compass is someone who's a straight shooter. That's what I really like. And I like someone who's going to, you know, tell the truth and not worry too much about hurting feelings. Um, you know, there, there's, an, there's a finesse to it, but they're not so worried about how you're going to feel after they tell you what you've been doing wrong. Right. So yeah, Minnie Jackson or, you know, like Amy Lean um, Clark is the last name on her. That's uh, um, Viola Davis's character, but yeah, Octavia Spencer's character in the help. Uh, she really brings it to life too. I she love does. <laughs> All right, Sarah, how about you? Okay. Yeah. I thought a lot about this and that's, it's tough. Cause for me, it kind of depends on the book. Mm-hmm. And like the feel right. you're going for, because you do need books with Jiminy Cricket. Like you need, there's certain books that call for that. And then there are books that call for sassy characters, like from the help. But the one that totally just popped into my mind, I think uh, Sa- Samwise Ganji. I mean, <gasps> of course, yes. Yes. he's like the most yes. moral compassed guy 
forever. Absolutely. And nothing can stop him or come in his way. Like he just, he knows what he's doing and he will throw down everything. I know. He's the best. I just want to be like a little morsel of like being like him. Right. Right. But I was thinking too, um, just that popped into my head and I love to give a shout out to a monster Ivy author, but, um, Vanessa's book, uh, Heartmender Claire, uh, is, I think she's an amazing moral compass. She's my personal favorite character of that series. And I think she provides a lot of those insights too. She kind of reminds me of that, that character role. Now I, there's some of my favorite characters are kind of like the secondary characters. I mean, they're the mm-hmm. ones that are helping. Right. And I don't know if it's just because that's my personality. Like, I feel like I'd be the sidekick in a story. <laughs> right. <laughs> the main character. And so I can so just you're relate me to think them. Of, and I'm, I'm not going to remember his name, but the, your character in a Daphne's Question I'll Bet, Mom's Boyfriend. Oh, Cody. <laughs> yes. And he, he kind of, you know, like I loved him and he... He didn't mess around, you know, yeah, he no. told it like it was. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need those. That's the thing is you need all different characters. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Get, yeah. It, yeah. You need it. You need it well-rounded. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why you have more than one <laughs> secondary <laughs> exactly. character because you need those different voices and then choose, okay, which one are we going to listen right. to? Right. I think right. that's yes. <laughs> When I was writing Storm Sneezer, like when I was first creating the characters, I really wanted Rose and Marek, who are my main characters, to feel like secondary characters. Like I really wanted to just kind of avoid the tropes of main characters and just see like they're even the ones kind of assisting um, my other characters in the book. So I kind of I do like that mindset a lot. I think it's really interesting. But to head into the episode, my second book, Legend of the Rainbow Eater, book two of the Stormwatch Diaries, comes out this month, and writing it had me really thinking about good guys and their morals. My main characters, Rose and Marek, are in quite a pickle. Five years ago, a mischievous little creature called the Will-o'-the-Wisp led Rose and Marek to the, for, led Rose to Marek for the first time, and the two of them have been best friends ever since. But now Will-o'-the-Wisps are causing all sorts of disasters, and it's up to Rose and Marek to stop them, and not only stop them, destroy them something our good guys are having very mixed feelings about. I deal with a lot of moral dilemmas in Legend of the Rainbow Eater, and it's made me rethink some of the ways heroes, air quotes, are supposed to behave. Allison, Sarah, what are some ways your characters have navigated their moral dilemmas? Do you agree with their choices? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sarah, you go first. I just love it because I think of my characters and then I think of Allison's characters and the more- I know, right? (laughs) Is like- off the chart right that's why I said Sarah you go first <laughs> that's tough <laughs> well first of all I think of Cora from good girl stay quiet because yes. she has yes. a very strict set uh, like a, of an upbringing and the way she thinks and at the end she finally has to step back and analyze everything and spoiler alert mm-hmm. I mean she's has to choose between t- who to say between two men that are claiming to be her father mm-hmm. and but she's been taught to be this perfect person her whole life and you need to be this way and so for her to step out and actually figure out what's right what's actually right so and who what's, is her moral compass her moral uh, compass I know, I know. Well, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a mixture of Noah and Sally like honestly yes. I think it's just depending on the situation like please tell everyone who Noah and Sally are please do make <laughs> <me> so, <happy. laughs> so Noah is her uh, her stuffed element elephant he's with blue sparkly eyes he's beautiful My favorite. 
Um, he's very straight up honest. Like he will just tell her like, yeah, no, this is wrong. And Sally is her wrench that she decorated and created for when she's locked in the basement. And she's more of like the sound, like, are you, you know, let's think this through type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I liked her having both because you kind of need both to kind of get through Durable. life. Yes. I love them both so much. <laughs> and then the other character, um, of course, is Harper. I mean, that's her job is her whole thing is breaking the law to do what she thinks is right. <laughs> and I don't know if I could do what she does. Like, I think that goes past what I would be capable of doing. Like, I don't think I could break the law if I thought it would be a good thing. But that's just me. Yeah. Allison. <laughs> So for Belle, uh, I'm realizing now that like the the guys in my books are, they tend to be the moral compass. Um, I think Teddy is the moral compass. He's a pastor. So he kind of, you know, goes with that. But he was definitely a moral compass. But more than that, I think Astrid was a big moral compass for Belle. Um, I really think that uh, Belle just had, she had good intentions and had no idea what was yeah, yeah, she had good intentions, and they were a bit misguided, I think. Um, but yeah, I think her moral compass was definitely Astrid and and Teddy, and then um, poor Roxy. Uh, she there was no such thing as a moral compass in her upbringing. Um, you know, when you grow up damaged, um, you know that that affects what you what your morals are. That affects what you think of as morals. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I definitely think Adam was her moral compass for a lot of it. Um, and, um, and Remy was a good moral compass for her as well. But yeah, I, do I agree with their choices? No, no, I don't <laughs> at all. Any of my books? No, I don't. That's kind of the point was that they That's had true. no idea how to make a decision. <laughs> So what is it like for you as authors, do you think, to write characters making bad decisions? Like doing something that you would be uncomfortable. Like Sarah, you were especially saying like there's a lot of things your character would do that you just wouldn't do in 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 real life. Like how do you how do you navigate that? How do you say, you know, do I want my readers to be coming away with this impression? Or like just what are your thoughts on that? The thing is, is I think we need people like Harper. I just am not capable of being that person. (laughs) Right. And we need different types of people in the world to do different things. Like we're all called to be, to do different things and offer different things. Allison, what is it like for you to write characters that you absolutely don't agree with? Like, I know that they're redemptive. You enjoy writing their redemption. Yeah. Is that kind of... And that's where it comes from. My whole point with the characters I write is that they have a turnaround by the end of the story. Right. Um, I think of uh, my second book, When Waves Break, and and I don't know if you guys have read that one or not, but it's about these two sisters. One goes on a date and is accosted, um, totally innocent of, you know, by her own volition, but, you know, she deals with the repercussions of going out, you know, in the first place and, and kind of you know, it takes place in the late 1960s. So like, she's all about the free love movement and she thinks Mm -hmm. it's awesome until she kind of realizes what exactly that means and realizes it's not all it's cracked up to be. And then um, her twin sister 
suddenly falls in love and thinks, you know, she's all hard eyed and, and whatnot until she finds out that she's pregnant. And he's like, Oh no, 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 this, we're not doing this. And he leaves, um, you, you know, so yeah, they, they need to have that redemption in the end for me. They, they make some really bad choices. I guess I, I would love to say that I, I think, what would I do? And then I do the opposite for my character. Listen, we're all sinners and not drawing for personal experience with that particular example, but just that, you know, I, I, I know that there's mistakes to be made and, and as humans, we're going to make them, Right. you know, so I I think that's true to life for our characters to also make mistakes and and have to deal with the the outcome of that. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. why we need these moral characters is to kind of help we all yeah. need them. Like everyone needs them. You need that person in your life to kind of help you navigate when the moments you're like, what in the world? Or I don't know what to do or making the complete wrong choice. Right. Right. You know, it's kind yeah. of interesting. I, I'm kind of writing from a, a an unusual perspective because I'm writing from the moral compasses perspective. So a lot of the times what what it really comes down to for me is making sure these characters are coming across as redeemable, which is funny because I feel like Rose and Marek are bringing the good out in people or characters. They're not people in my world. They're angels and giant wolves and goodness knows what else. Um, but it's, it's definitely different because I remember like there's this big storyline and I won't give any spoilers, but with one of my main characters in book one, which is um, legend of the storm sneezer and Cammie, my editor, she like you need to make this character more likable like I know that you're trying to redeem him but he's not likable and I'm like but you don't understand I'm seeing what what he's going to be in the future and she's like then bring some of that in the future to right now because so that's kind of like when you're in the perspective of a character who sees the good in everyone you really have to make sure that that good is present even when you know other characters can't really see it so that's kind of interesting to, to to write from that perspective too that's funny because I was told the same thing about Harper, that she was too rough around the edges. And she was. And I actually added Pearl after the fact. Um, she came in in my next round of edits. She wasn't in the original. Wow. And, wow. But it was, I was like, I, once I just, you know read the comments, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, we need <laughs> someone to ground Harper so you don't always want to punch her in the face. But the thing is about those characters, and I'm so excited to read Harper, and I'm just, yeah, I'm on overload with the amount of books I have to read. But yours Y'all is like are. so close to the top of the list, like, <laughs> not even kidding. By the next episode, one of your guys' books is going to be read, I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> But oh shoot! Now you're you're rubbing off on me, Sarah. I Sorry, thought. <laughs> I'm not even on Dayquil I or Nyquil or whatever you're on. Um, if it was Nyquil, I'd be passed oh, out. Oh, that that was what I was thinking. Is that we really need these harsher characters? And I don't mean that in a bad way. But the characters yeah. who tell it like it is, brutally honest. Right? Yeah. I, I just never want someone like I consider Stephanie in my book series to be that character who kind of just tells things like it is. And she, mm-hmm. but I, I buffer her with so many people and we're starting to get reviews in for rainbow eater. And yeah, Stephanie goes a little um, overboard a teeny bit in, <laughs> in book two, but uh, readers seem to be really liking her kind of like mini redemption story too. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a fine line. You got to really balance. Yeah. We all have those moments though. Every right. single one of us where we cross the line and been like, okay, what are we doing? Like, oops, now I gotta <laughs> eat humble pie and yes. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. You need the pie that Minnie makes you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Unfortunately. No. <laughs> Oh my god. No, I want to watch that movie again. I love I that know, movie. And the while, book is good it. too. It's like one yeah, where the, I actually like the book and the movie. I've never well, that's one of one of the few books I read the book first and the movie, and then I would like I read them back to back and mm-hmm. I was so pleased that the mm-hmm. movie was almost exactly like the book. Yeah, we there's very, very few differences. Yeah. We read it for but. book club and then we watched the movie after you read oh, it movie, right? yeah and so i yeah we all just loved it and they did a great job i mean obviously God. adaptations God. have to change yeah right but it was really good yeah. off topic sorry <laughs> yeah not really i mean no humble characters. pie bad pie we're humble pie <laughs> <laughs> you've gone through the moral dilemmas of your characters and you've gone through who your who your moral compasses are so do you have any other thoughts on maybe what side characters do, like how their decisions, do they, do, do your main characters, are they surrounded by like-minded people or do they tend to kind of bring in a, a wide range of people who make different sorts of decisions? That was a long-winded question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was a Harper surrounded by all sorts of different people in her life but she needs all different types of people in her life yeah I think all mine are surrounded by all different types of people Mm -hmm. there's really no uh, even in the same line of work totally different personality types and totally Mm -hmm. different moral compasses you've got the the gamut you know in Bell of the Night of what moral compass the different people have you know everyone from Eddie who's a preacher to Madam Knight who is a madam (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and what they, what they find to be acceptable. So yeah. yeah, they all run the gamut. Oh, there's a good question. So what do you think? Um, cause we, we write edgy, clean fiction. That's, that's what we do. Do you think there are any decisions that a character shouldn't make in edgy, clean fiction? Is there, is there a point of no return of going too far? Or do you think we're allowed to go basically as far as we need to, if we're keeping in line with that redemption of, you know, always keeping redemption as the end goal. I think it's the way it's done. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it tastefully Mm -hmm. and you just have to, sometimes it's harder depending on what kind of situation you're in. Right. Like a brothel. I mean, you have to be Yeah, but you have to be careful. Like, yeah, I was like, she's, she's a prostitute. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't get a whole lot more on edge than the main yeah. character who mm-hmm. who is an active prostitute. Uh, you know, it's not a, ref- you know, she's not reformed at the beginning of right. the book. Yeah, and you do such so, a great job. It's, it's not like we see things we're not supposed to see. Or right. don't, yeah. I should say not yeah. supposed to, but don't want to see. Not, it's not gratuitous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just all the way that it's done right. and the way you handle it. Right. Then it should be fine. I mean, I'm sure there are some situations where yeah. you're like, okay, well, maybe they're I, a little too far. Yeah. But, yeah. Same <laughs> thing with like good girls stay quiet. You know, you've got a lot of abuse in there, but you mm-hmm. don't spell it out in any way. Yeah. You know, you know, it's there, but you're not, you know, you don't see like blood dripping from her mouth or you know, yeah, like there's right, nothing right. graphic in there that would make me go, you know, yeah. so, which I think um, is I think, what we do and why it's right. so important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes along with like language. Like we had some yeah. issues um, with 
living water with using curse words. And I was like, listen, this character is a really rough guy. He is the right. lowest of the moral compass, mm-hmm. you know, out of Roxy's five husbands. And he's going to curse. And, and, you know, our editors were like, no, I can't, you know, it's tough. Um, it is. So it's, it's something that like, it wouldn't bother me if it's mm-hmm. appropriate for the situation, but I totally get that, you know, not everyone I think wants it depends to read on that. Your and that's fine too. Like if you're writing middle oh, yes. grade, like yes. there is some... middle grade. No, you don't do yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, when I was writing editing Rainbow Eater, there are these. All right, Cami is going to listen to this and laugh, but she just fell in love with these giant mutant squirrels called squonks in my book, and she did not want me hurting these giant mutant monstrous <laughs> squirrels named squonks. Um. So there's this scene where the squonks get dead. They just, yeah, it's a, it's a slightly graphic death. And she came back to me. She's just like, we can't have this. First off, it's middle grade. And I'm like, all right, all right, fine. I, I hear what you're saying. And she's like, and second off, don't hurt my squonks. <laughs> so we compromised. We came up with a little bit of blood, but no death. And we, we reached a good compromise. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's kind of, I've read books, especially at, I think I have a higher standard. I think I'm a little more sensitive to certain issues just because I'm a middle grade author. So I kind of have like red flags that go off, even if I'm reading like a young adult book or yeah. even an adult book, I'm like, are they allowed to put this in here? And then I'm like, wait, remember, this isn't for kids. Yeah. They're like older people now. But um, I've even read books. And one of my favorite series growing up was a horror comedy series for middle schoolers. It was called Skullduggery Pleasant. And rereading it as an adult, I'm like, Okay, there's some stuff in here that that probably shouldn't have been here for kids. But although it's kind of funny though, because I do that a lot as a doll. I look back on things that I liked as a kid. I just don't think I understood. Oh my god, there's things I didn't understand. Yes, absolutely. There are things now that, like, my husband and I'll put something on for our kids. Like Like, we love the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, the Goonies (laughs) or something, and we're like, oh yeah. And like the curse words and the innuendos, and I'm like, right? like wait a um, minute, <laughs> you know. I, know. I know my parents used to always play us like '80s movies, like when we were growing up, and I just I have an aversion to '80s movies. Probably came from that, but you know, there'd be like random nudity, and they'd be oh, like, yeah. oh, your eyes, we forgot about this scene, right? and rated yeah. PG too. Just- <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it, it went over my head as a kid, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, as an adult, I'm definitely like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, do I want so. my kids seeing this? You know, I think that's one of the things that to point out is because that's made me think one of my favorite movies is airplane and that's from the eighties and there is a boob scene in it <laughs> for no reason at all, except to have one. And yep. it's the only thing about the movie that I hate, like, so I'm like, you know, there's times for everything and sometimes things are needed, but I hate when they're thrown in just for shock value. Just for the heck of it. Right, or, right. Yeah, for no reason. Like if you're going to put something a little edgy, there's got to be a purpose. Right, there's got to right. be a reason behind it instead of just That's like do this. movies or books that have the curse word. Yep. All, every other word is a right. curse word. And I'm like, yep. you know, there are times where you're going to say, what the you know yeah. a, a word comes out that would be appropriate for context but not when it's every other word like, exactly. it's just too much yeah i agree and you can tell the pg-13 movies that they just like oh we're allowed one f word okay <laughs> we'll just throw it in <laughs> you can tell like it was just like well there it is there's their uh, one yeah. token right. like the checkbox <laughs> so true 
but I don't yeah I don't I don't like the checkbox I want I want reasons right right all right I have one last question and I'll try not to make it too long-winded but are you ever worried as an author because I do this sometimes with basically just Stephanie are you ever afraid of how readers are going to react to your character's bad decisions in other words having their opinion of your character fall because of their bad decisions oh yeah for sure (laughs) I my opinion sometimes falls for them like I can't believe you just did that but yeah we all have those moments yes yeah absolutely I definitely I've looked at Roxy and said why did you marry Ray why did you not see that that was a bad choice from a mile away you know yeah same with with um with Belle and Ian who she goes off like the problem with this person how do you not see it and I made the person up but I'm still like oh no no back away <laughs> and they don't they never do they never back away yeah mm-hmm. but well, yeah I'm sure that my readers look at some of the situations that I put my characters in and go why why would you do that right. I've had um like I had a character in my first book War Torn Heart um one of the main characters dies wow. and everyone was like why did you do that why did you and I'm like sorry I I didn't know it was gonna happen when I started it's just you know yeah she dies I'm sorry the thing is is even the best of people are gonna make mistakes right and some of them are gonna be humongous Mm -hmm. and they need a way to navigate it and so that's why we have characters that make these choices that you're like what because right. if you're reading a book and you're like, oh crap, like I've made that same mistake, mm-hmm. it kind of helps you navigate exactly. it and realize how to get through exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's increases, exactly. I think it increases a, a reader's compassion and forgiveness, even in, in themselves with the people that they deal with. Cause they're like, I love this character and they screwed up royally yep. and I still love them and I want them to work through this. And hopefully they're able to kind of grow that mindset. Um, yeah even as they're reading. That's how you know you've written a good character though, as if people get upset by their choices, but, and hopefully they are happy with how they redeem it. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. If they're that emotionally invested in your characters, Mm -hmm. I love that. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. I want you to punch them if they're going to make a bad choice. Like, 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 (laughs) why did they do that? (laughs) You know? Oh, so true. All right. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our time here. And I'm going to close with a quote from one of my main characters, because it actually his quote is what inspired the um, topic for tonight's uh, episode. So he says, you seem to mistake kindness for complacency, compassion for excusing evil. I'm not the, le- the leader you think I'd be if you believe you can take what is precious and expect me to allow it on the grounds of misguided morals. And that is Mark Knoxwind. My hope is that our morals will always be grounded in Christ and his word because his life is the moral of our story. That's all for this episode. Check us out on social media. Thanks for joining us. And until next time.